Satan Has a Plan, Part 3, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. In Part 2 of The Blast, Satan Has a Plan, we discussed how this world and her systems are a virtual prison for God's creation. The only way out is death. Much of mankind is actually happy with the world, however, as her pleasures make their bondage seem worthwhile. They may be hopelessly bound in addiction, for instance, but partying and an exciting nightlife make their bondage worth its grief in their minds and hearts. Man can be completely upside down in debt, but content with the new home and fancy car. People are in bondage to jobs they hate, just to keep their children in good schools. Unfortunately, they are taught the world's knowledge, learn to succeed in this society to end up in the same bondage themselves. It's all a part of Satan's plan to assimilate man into his culture, where he has control of their lives, and they fall for it, have even helped it evolve. The world calls it living the dream. To those set free by truth, they are living a nightmare. To Satan, they are living his plan. You see, the world is actually Satan's kingdom, and man helped him build it. They had some unseen help, however. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 speaks of the world's supernatural citizens. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. They have much to do with human affairs. These beings are man's real enemies, the entities behind the wickedness of this world. They instigate wars, arrange for the inhumane, sadistic things man does to their own kind. They think their thoughts are theirs, and their actions the result of their own rationalization. But many times, they are being used by these beings to achieve the enemy's fiendish goals. Look at the king of Tyre as an example in part one. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, left us a very clear account of who the force is behind evil and their origin. Enoch, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied, that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men, and beget us children. A mixed species resulted. Enoch, chapter 9, verses 8 and 9. And they have gone to the daughters of men upon the earth, and have slept with the women, and have defiled themselves, and revealed to them all kinds of sins. And the women have borne giants, offspring of the rebellious angels, a cross between man and angels. And the whole earth has thereby been filled with blood and unrighteousness. All of creation was affected. 
Enoch chapter 15 verses 8 through 12 now clarifies who the enemy mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6 is. Enoch chapter 15 verses 8 through 12 And now the giants, who are produced from the spirits and flesh, shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies, because they are born from men, and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth, and evil spirits shall they be called. As for the spirits of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits of the earth, which were born upon the earth, on the earth shall be their dwelling. As a side note, you can see man does not go to heaven either, as is taught by so much of the church. They were created for earth and born here. And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth, and cause trouble. They take no food, but nevertheless hunger and thirst, and cause offenses. They need bodies to function through, so they possess men. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men, and against the women, because they have proceeded from them. You see, these creatures turn man against man and have staged the age-long battle of man against woman. Jesus came to set humanity free of this world and the enemy that is running it through mankind. It is these evil spirits that afflict men, make them sick, cause oppression and depression. They cause anger and hostility, resulting in wars and mass murders, even leading to the destruction of the earth itself. Since Satan is the prince of the air, who do you suppose looses tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, and floods, etc.? The world foolishly blames God. He warned they would come as a sign of the end, but who is it that really hammers man with them? When God harnesses the elements for destruction, it is huge, asked Noah. The calamity will accomplish a useful purpose, be beneficial such as the earth swallowing Korah. God does not randomly kill. It is the enemy that performs mindless destruction. They hate and resent man, especially those that want to better know God and refuse to do their bidding. Just think, all this tragedy and affliction came about because Adam and Eve chose Satan's counsel and knowledge over God's, or chose the tree of good and evil over the tree of life. They themselves became just as unrighteous as a result of their choice. Thankfully, Isaiah prophesied a time when God planned for the renewal of mankind. He promises a finality to the tribulation of those that love him and are looking forward to his kingdom. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me 
to preach good tidings to the poor. Tell the oppressed there is a way out. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, set free from the bondage of this world, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to this society and the world systems, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God. Satan will be chained in the abyss for all he has done, and the wicked that live his lifestyle destroyed. To comfort all who mourn, there will be an end to this mess. To console those who mourn in Zion, God's government, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. God refers to trees as beings. This helps explain the tree of good and evil and the tree of life, doesn't it? That he may be glorified. God had a plan to restore a race of mankind that will be his victory over the enemy. Jesus verified he was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy in Luke chapter 4, verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He read the prophecy at Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, and then Luke chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Christ was here, and God's plan for restoration accelerated. So let us return to that part of history where mankind really began to decline in the eyes of God. We know from scripture how angry it made God, when man crossed with the angels. Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. How very sad. Think about how it must have made God feel to watch his perfect children become an altered species, different from what he had created for them to be. Then he watched them build a world he knew would corrupt their children and bring harm to the rest of his creation. Bottom line, a world was brought into being that replaced his kingdom, a world fashioned by evil spirits. But there has always been a remnant that loved him, and for these he has a plan in place, a perfectly calculated plan with guaranteed success. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 tells us he completely defeated the enemy at the cross. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 
Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus, the Word of God, allowed the enemy, the father of the lie, to crucify him, all a part of the plan of God. Let the lie try to conquer the truth. It can't happen. He rose to an eternal life from the grave, a new creature after the order of Melchizedek, to become the father of a new race of people. These ones would die in his death at baptism and rise through his resurrection in his image and enter into his blood covenant to become flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, not a part of the mixed race of man and angels, but hybrid seed, no longer able to be corrupted by another species. As Eve was taken from the side of Adam, so the church glorious was birthed out of the side of the last Adam through the living waters of truth and the blood of the covenant. This, unknown to the enemy, was all planned before the foundation of the world. All the I wills he decreed would come to nothing. Man can now die in baptism to the altered race, resurrect a new creature, and metamorphose through the knowledge of God, released in this end time to a new species. These form the body of Christ for him to enforce his victory to earth. The enemy sure wasn't planning on this. The control he has over man is shattered. Sure, he can still cause circumstances, because man is in his world. But he cannot control the new species themselves. Their life is in God. They are clothed in Christ. They are his body. You see, mankind must be born again through truth, through the knowledge of God, to be set free of the enemy and the world, or they will blindly remain the descendants of Adam and Eve, who were born again through the lie. Enoch explains in Enoch chapter 69 verse 11, For men were created exactly like the angels, to the intent that they should continue pure and righteous, and death which destroys everything could not have taken hold of them. But through this, their knowledge they are perishing, and through this power it is consuming me. Hard to believe they traded the knowledge of a self-existing God, His spoken word that sustains the universe, for the twisted thinking of a rebellious creature that God Himself fashioned without the ability to create anything. He is limited in every way because of His unrighteous thinking and the twisted ideas that have evolved or progressed from it. You see... God can speak things into being, so we could say He created all things through an oath or His Word. Since He created all things, everything is governed by His sovereignty. Unlike Satan, unlike man, God cannot lie, so His Word will never come back void. All is preserved and nothing destroyed or out of harmony that is governed by, and a part of, his oath. It is law. If God says it, it is so. For instance, when God said, 
let there be light, there was. Within his oath is guaranteed love, joy, peace, health, happiness, complete shalom. These wonderful promises were spoken as blessings over God's children, as well as all they were given dominion over. So they will be. Satan, the fallen angels, Adam and Eve, stepped outside of the spoken word, out of the oath, made their own futile ones, and the history of man, this world, and the rebellious angels are evidence of what happens when the created being breaks the law of God, ignores his oath, and believe in their own lies. So it is today. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved, they believe in their own wisdom, trusted in their intellect based on the world's knowledge. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned. Condemned means damned. Who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Satan's oaths, his claims, his decrees are empty, barren, dead works, hollow in meaning, and as stated before, he is lacking or devoid of the creative ability to bring his oaths to fruition. See, God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. The enemy doesn't stand a chance. So all his plans and schemes are futile. God prophesied through Isaiah concerning the world's masterminds. Isaiah chapter 29 verse 14 Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. The world's knowledge will disappear from the minds of man. There will be no remembrance. Man, as well as the spirits that oppose God and his people, will lose in the end. The world they masterminded to suit their lifestyles will therefore cease to exist also. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 says, And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth, world, and the works that are in it will be burned up. Please understand the word world and the word earth are the same number in the Strong's Dictionary, 8398 and 776. A better translation would have been world 
instead of earth in this scripture for continuity with other scriptures, such as Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 4 and Psalm chapter 104 verse 5. In closing, let us go back and read Isaiah chapter 14 verses 13 and 14 one more time. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. That is the voice, the oath of the Father, the lie. We now see He is the force responsible for everything evil that has happened to man. Do we see His plan? Do we understand His tactics? Do we see the need for us to cry out to God, to set unsuspecting humanity free from the world and her mentors? As our final scripture, let us read Revelation chapter 22 verses 12 through 15. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Whose kingdom are you building? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life to be perfected as in the beginning, and may enter through the gates into the city, Sion and New Jerusalem. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. Satan's best friends, his human family. Yes, Satan has a plan, but so does our God.